Thank you for tuning in to Remodeling Mastery by Mark Richardson. Brought to you by Surefire Social. For more advice, tips, and strategy on small business marketing, visit surefiresocial.com forward slash podcast. Hi, I'm Mark Richardson, and welcome to Remodeling Mastery. Remodeling Mastery is a podcast series that allows you to take your business to the next level, allows you to take a little bit of time and reflect and think about different elements of your business. And what I try to do with these different topics is pick topics that I'm hearing in the marketplace, hearing from the industry, hearing from other remodeling thought leaders out there that I think are important and relevant to your success. Most of the topics that we focus on are not just about today and now topics. They're stretching those medium and long-term muscles looking out to the future. Today's topic, I think, is sort of turning it around a little bit, and I'm going to be focusing on what I'm seeing as some of the top 10 mistakes for remodeling businesses and remodeling leaders. You know, as you think about this sort of game of remodeling, whether it's in remodeling sales or the remodeling business, you know, it really is more a game of eliminating mistakes and eliminating failures than necessarily successes. You know, I have a friend of mine, for example, that says, if I only had the money back from many of the either business ventures or business mistakes I got into, I'd be a very wealthy man. Or I also heard a speaker years ago talk about sort of working with the right client. And I've talked about this on an earlier podcast. And what he said, and he actually analyzed within sort of the business and from an accounting point of view, that 18% of the homeowners out there that you do business with will not allow you to make a profit. You know, also, as you think about this in terms of other, you know, metaphors and certainly other analogies, you know, in many ways, just like in baseball, if you get, you know, three out of 10, you know, you're on the all-star team in terms of hits. If you get two out of 10, you're cut off the team. So in many ways, if you can just focus on not making the mistakes or focusing on making less mistakes, because they certainly are going to exist and we learn from mistakes, I think you'll be a lot more successful. So the following that I'm going to be talking about today are what I would call my top 10 that I'm seeing out there, and certainly have experienced myself, you know, being a leader of an organization for over 30 years. The first I want to talk about is what I call growth cadence. Growth cadence is the pace of growth. Now, I've written about this in articles and books, and that is, what is the right rate of growth? Should your growth in your business just respond to the marketplace or to the hunger on the part of the clients or the team to really grow grow very aggressively? You know, in sort of normalized times, and I would consider the times we're in today relatively normal, I think there is a sweet spot of growth. There is that sweet spot of growth that's the right kind of cadence. You know, many ways, if you think about 0 to 5% growth, quite frankly, I think in many ways you might lose some market share or lose some ground or, quite frankly, even lose some of your key team members with that modest growth. 5 to 10% growth, I think, is, is certainly respectable and healthy, but, you know, it may not be pushing the envelope to the right degree. 
most of the top companies who do in fact have operationally their act together really, I think, focus on a 10 to 20% growth. That 20, 10 to 20% growth really allows you to grow your team. It allows you to grow market share. allows you to grow, I think, profitability without necessarily uh, falling short because you're investing so much into the future. Once you get above 20 or 30% growth, that's where it gets a little bit scary. That's where it gets a little bit risky. And I've seen many, many businesses actually not only uh, struggle at 25, 30% growth, but in fact, after a year or two, they might even crash and burn. So you've got to pick the right kind of cadence, regardless what the market is telling you. I think there is that kind of sweet spot in terms of really, really healthy growth. And I would argue, if you're a mature business, not a startup, but a mature business, finding that sweet spot for you, and what I find for most remodeling businesses that are relatively mature, somewhere in that 10 to 20% growth is, in fact, pretty aggressive but realistic. The second mistake, I think, is keeping your B players too long. You know, this is a time that you've got to be focusing on creating world-class team, world-class players on your team. You know, a friend of mine from Harvard said, you know, uh, those that are going to win in business today, master the talent, master the labor. You know, so you need A players on your team. So one mistake is not only not keeping them too long, but also not investing the time to develop the talent, to retain the talent. It's those A players that I think will literally be the difference between you being a great company versus being a good company. The number three mistake I see is what I call sort of the chasing the shiny objects. You know, most remodelers are very entrepreneurial. Most remodelers are very independent. They're very creative kind of people. And as a result of that, there's such a vast, almost an abundance of opportunities out there, and it's so easy to be distracted in chasing every shiny object. But it's important to, you know, deliberate and run these shiny objects, these opportunities through different filters. The shiny objects could be different markets. They could be different products. They could be different services. But you've got to have something that is very, very consistent with your long-term vision, your long-term mission, and what your core values are all about. The number four mistake I see is what I call alignment. Now, within most organizations, as they continue to grow, you have a larger sort of segment of a leadership team, whether they're partners or whether they're key leadership members. And oftentimes what I see is one particular member is very gung-ho, excited about a particular growth, a particular topic, where someone else, quite frankly, doesn't necessarily see it that way. So one mistake is not being aligned. You've got to have the team aligned. Business today, more than ever, is a team sport. You've got to get the whole team rowing together, sort of singing off the same page of music, so to speak. So being aligned and spending the time and energy to getting aligned is very important. You can do, I think, some leadership exercises that will help you get aligned, but it's critical, I think, If you want to be healthy, not to make the mistake of forging ahead on something without the right kind of alignment in place. The number fifth mistake that I oftentimes see is what I call not having a champion 
for a particular project or initiative. Now, not having a champion, for example, you might launch a new division or new product or service. You know, the key to having that be successful, I think, is you got to have the right focus, you got to have the right commitment, but plus you have to have the right amount of capital or the right amount of sweat that's being devoted to it. So having the champion for any cause or any kind of thing is really important. I remember years ago, folks would come to me with different ideas and initiatives and programs. And the first thing I would say after doing, you know, some really good listening to what they had to say was, this sounds great. Who is going to champion this effort? Who's going to own this? Who's going to be passionate and wake up every day thinking about it? Because if you don't have a champion with a new idea or initiative, chances are the level of success that you're going to achieve is much less. So it's not a question of whether something's a good idea or not. It could be simply by not having, not having the right champion. Number six mistake I see is not understanding and defining success. You know, this sounds almost a little bit patronizing to say, oh, you don't really know what successful is. But success is also tying into the earlier mistake about alignment. It's important that everyone is defining success the same way. As we grew our company, that was a challenge certainly for me, and thinking about this was really important. So at least as an example of this, on a project level, after a lot of deliberation and discussion with project managers and designers and salespeople, what is successful? What is successful? What is successful? And we came up with a simple formula that success on a project was on time, on budget, plus delighted clients. So now we had a filter. Now we had a way for everyone to define success. So regardless of what the initiative is or the program is, when you're working with your different key team members, don't make the mistake of just assuming that everyone is defining success the same way. You might have one individual running around doing high fives because they got a happy client letter, but that budget was 5 or 10% over, and in, t- in fact, it ate up more of your resources or time than you expected. So it's very important to define success, communicate what it is, and as I said in number four, which was make sure that people are all aligned and in agreement what that is all about. Number seven, uh, I would say, has more to do with the fundamental competency. It's either competency of the team, competency of your trade partners, competency of the fundamental business. When I look at some of the businesses out there, they're getting in places that, quite frankly, they're just not very good at. If, for example, you're a specialty company and you want to get into a design-build initiative or insurance restoration, you've got to get some of the fundamental competency before you dive into those businesses. You know, it's very, very important to really spend the time preparing, getting the competency competency, and then and then diving in. Now, it doesn't mean you can't learn in the course of doing something, but understand that is, in fact, your your education and your investment. And chances are, as you budget and you think about it, you're probably not going to see very good returns until you have the fundamental competencies. Number eight is what I call more leadership gaps. 
What I see with a lot of remodeling businesses is that the, the, the remodeling leader or the president of the company or whoever, the owner of the company, is growing at a higher level than the people down below them. It's very important, I think, that you make that gap between the top leader in the company and then the next leader consistent with sort of the layers of growth in the company. If you're a $3 million company, for the most part, you just have a few staff members and you can do it. But as you get to five, seven, eight million, you're going to need that middle management layer. It's not just folks that are selling, marketing, doing the project. You're going to need the, the folks that are focused on leadership thinking. As you get to 10 million, 15, 20, again, that leadership becomes more and more sophisticated. You can see this especially on, I think, some of the financial elements of the business. As a smaller company, you may be able to have just a simple bookkeeper. Then as you go a little bit higher, you need more of a staff accountant. You need more acumen when it comes to accounting and systems and taxes and those kind of things. As you get a little bit bigger, you need to think in terms of a controller in the business. Now the controller is bringing in new insights and directions into the business. As you go a little bit bigger, you need a, you might need a VP of finance who all of a sudden has got different resources and tools they have access to and certainly knowledge. And then you get to a certain size in the company. It might be $15 million, It might be $20 million, But then you need to think in terms of maybe bringing on a CFO. A CFO gives you thinking processes, helps to keep the company in check in terms of levels of risk. And I use that only an example of this notion of you've got to focus on the leadership gaps. And as, the, as a company grows, you've got to fill those gaps with individuals and the talent that help push you forward, not necessarily you drag them along. Number nine is what I would call either letting go too soon or letting go too late. Either one, and there's no magic formula to this, However, I think if you're more sensitive to this topic and subject, I think that's what's really critical. You know, staying engaged in the business, staying engaged in terms of, of the elements in the business that are especially important, I, I believe at least is important. Your business and your business is at too much risk to necessarily turn over all the responsibilities. It doesn't mean you don't want to grow and elevate people in terms of creating accountability and authority, but what you want to do is still have the right level of engagement. You know, many of your folks came on to the business because of you, not just because of the sticks and bricks and the clients, but because of you. And by pulling out too soon or hanging in there too long, I think that can become a key, key sort of mistake. And number 10, and I'll summarize with this, and it really ties into a lot of the things that we're talking about, and that is you got to change. You got to adjust. You know, you have to adjust. The, the, the business is growing. The market is adjusting and changing. The consumer's adjusting and changing. The marketing practices as well as the sales strategies are adjusting and changing. So one big mistake, I think, is really holding on so much to the past. This is the way we do it. This is the way we've always done it. What I try to encourage when I'm speaking to audiences, oftentimes compare, you know, what were things like in the go-go times of 2004, 2005 versus now? What were things like during the recession versus now? 
These are dramatic differences in terms of sales and marketing and strategies that you need to adjust and change relative to that. Now, being sort of a change artist, this does not mean you are herky-jerky. You've got to pace the change because your team cannot adjust nearly as quickly as oftentimes you as a captain in the front of the ship. So in summary to this sort of top 10, I hope it's been more than anything something to reflect on. I encourage you to pass this along to either a friend or one of your team members who really has a business and is interested in not just knowing the formula of all the right things to do, but also the things not to do in business today. Take care, everyone. Remodeling Mastery by Mark Richardson was created to help business owners like you grow your business. Learn something new today? Let us know by tweeting at Surefire Social. For more podcasts, visit surefiresocial.com forward slash podcast.